In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Welcome back to another week in the Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And this week, we're looking beyond Easter. We're looking after Easter. We're looking to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ when he will return again. So that's why I've brought exorcist in the house, Father John Rizzo. Welcome back. Thank you so much, George. But why does it take an exorcist to talk about the second coming? Okay, that doesn't sound too joyful, does it? It doesn't, yeah. No, that's Especially, right. Especially, yeah, today's joy, you know. Yes, that's <laughs> right, exactly. But welcome back. We haven't Thank had you, you for such a long time. It's great to be back, George. Thank you. Yes. Busy. You know. I know you were all over social media last year. Uh, yes, so, yeah. yes, that's right. Exactly. How true. Exactly. For different yeah. reasons. <laughs> yes. So welcome back to the Thank show. You, We're glad to have pleasure. our show. Everybody listening and watching here, also on TV Maria now. Uh, happy to see you now. Excellent. Thank Especially, you. Especially, yes. I look better on radio, though. <laughs> well, I can assure you, Father. Yeah, <laughs> we can see you pretty well and I can see myself as well. <laughs> so, Father, tell me, is Jesus going to return? Yes, if he doesn't, I'm out of a job. Back? Yes, yes. Okay. You know, we have a, a beautiful reference in sacred scripture. It's beautiful, but a wake-up call at the same time. And he says, when a son of man returns again, do you think he will find faith upon the earth? Yes. So it's a wake-up call, but it's a beautiful reality to tell us, as you just said, when a son of man returns again. Yes. So he will be coming back. There is a second coming. We celebrated the joy of his first coming in terms of his birth yep. because he comes as a savior, you know, yes. an infant savior who becomes our king and savior. Yes, that's right. So he comes as a savior the first time around and then the second time around in terms of our accountability, he comes as a judge. Okay, so just to make it clear, the church's teaching, we will all die and face the judgment. Correct. Given that. Um, obviously, we die and our life, earthly life ends before the general judgment. I think we, we better shed some light because there seems okay. to be confusion. Well, we can I think make... a lot of Catholics don't actually know what, uh, how the judgments are going to actually sure. work. I didn't know myself till I actually sure. researched and had somebody answer it for yes. me. So do you want well, to clarify? In terms of the judgment, there yeah. are two judgments. Yeah. And as you said, when we die, and it is appointed for us to die, St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans that when... Sin entered the world, so did death. Exactly. Okay? So, so that's those the wages who passed away the last to, year or the yep. year before. And so, obviously, our Lord hasn't come back yet. Correct. So, so for those who die now, 
uh, before the second coming of our Lord, we have what is called the particular judgment. Yes. It's the one-on-one. So when we die, immediately we are judged. Faster yes. than we can snap our fingers, as soon as we die, we are instantly judged. Yes. Our mind right now, confined by the things of this world, a very debilitated intellect may not fully comprehend that. But once we die, the mind is redirected, strengthened, yep. so to speak, to accept whatever judgment comes our way and a part of our Lord. And we will know instantly, uh, in terms of all our good deeds, yep. in terms of all that we have done, good and bad, and how that would work e- either in favor of a good judgment or against a good judgment. So okay. that is called the particular judgment. And now, after that, when our Lord comes a second time, we have what is called the universal judgment. The universal judgment. Okay. So, so even as opposed those, to particular. Even for those who've, so those who've gone before us, those present on earth and those in purgatory will all be subject to the Correct. general judgment. Correct, when our to the Lord general returns. judgment. And the reason why there's a general judgment is because not only do we encounter God's justice in a particular judgment, but for God's justice to be fully understood, everybody will have an understanding of it. So the universal judgment is also a universal exposure to his justice. Yes. So that everybody will know everybody else's either eternal joy or yes. eternal misery. So it, it, That it's doesn't sort of sound <laughs> comforting, does it? <laughs> so everyone will know everyone's sins. Yes, exactly. So even and everybody is forgiven. But everybody, well, everybody will know everybody's judgment in terms of where they are. Okay? At that point in time. At that point in time. So at if the you do universal go to judgment. Uh, and your sins are wiped away by the blood of our Lord, then you'll be in that present state. Yes, correct, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. So, um, and that's the idea, that's the beauty of all the sacraments, because every time we make use of the sacraments, that adds a more favorable approach to the uh, universal judgment and to our particular judgment. The more we pray, the more we frequent the sacraments, that much the more are we sort of looking in the direction of a very favorable particular judgment. Yes, that's judgment. right, yeah. yeah. And Father, I think at this point it would be it'd be very worthwhile to clarify, will we be returning to our bodies? How will that take place? Because for those who've gone before us, those who are in heaven, purgatory and hell, gosh, we okay. don't like speaking about hell anymore, but yeah, hell. Yeah, heaven, don't hurt my feelings now, George. Oh, don't talk oh. about hell, okay? The devil's greatest deceit is to have us believe he doesn't exist. Exactly. And for Let's people first sort of getting on with the faith, sometimes a fright or the fear, of the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, so to speak. So sometimes the idea of when we think of the existence of hell, that can turn many lives away from a self-destruct, so to speak, and bring them along the path to conversion. Exactly. So hell is a good wake-up call, and for all of us to encounter by faith and not by reality, God forbid. Exactly. So, so um, those who have gone before us receive their judgment yes. in all three now places. Now remember, so you're those places now, um, heaven... Um, hell and purgatory, they're all occupied by souls. Yes, now, with so the souls, exception, yeah. of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary, of course, is in heaven, both body and soul, and by virtue and of the Assumption, and yep. of course, the Son of God, mm-hmm. God and man. But every other creature as such, um, the souls occupy heaven, hell, and purgatory. Yes. And then on the last day, purgatory will no longer be in existence, okay. because then all the, the, the farthings should have been paid, so to speak, the last coin and the last deposit, so to speak, <laughs> all, all the suffering would have been, a, yes. you know, a, a repaired for the reparation. 
So there'll only be heaven and hell. Yep. And so then the theologians teach us, therefore, that the uh, body will be united to the soul, God mm-hmm. willing, in perpetual joy. And for those who have condemned their souls, then in perpetual misery. Okay, and those present in those three places, souls will return to the, the bodies. Earth? Will be uh, the bodies? Yes, the theologians say that as such. Um, in heaven, no, but there'll be some sort of a universal judgment where all of mankind, ever since the very beginning, until the end of time, will somehow or other be gathered. And again, we're talking about the power of God here. Yes. Okay. Who created Something the world. that we cannot comprehend. That's right. But God can't do that. God won't do that. Oh, no, of Father. course not. No, God's a God of love and a God of mercy. He won't throw us into hell. What people fail to remember, though, is that people put themselves there. Okay. Exactly. That's what so happens. We have that mystery right called free will. Okay. But when we consider, yes, at the end of time, yes. everybody, all of mankind, from the beginning of the world until its end, will have been gathered somewhere a locus, a location, and one way or another, that at least our intellect, again, confined by the things of this world, mm-hmm. will have a full comprehension when we die exactly what happens and where we are at the time. So there's a good cop-out here, George, because St. Paul says, you know, when we talk about heaven, what does St. Paul say? He says, I have not seen, neither is ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has, what God has prepared for those who love him. So, we simply do not know what the joys of heaven will be. Okay. And for those who are present on earth, will receive their... Yeah, and then the theologians also likewise teach the fact that, yes, that at the end of the world, those who are still alive at the time, um, then they will be seeing the actual end of the world in terms of that. They will have died and again be in the same quote-unquote position as everybody else, mm-hmm. the entire human race, so to encounter won't... the universe. So interesting. Judgment. So... Th- Let's say I'm alive now, and then it's after the show, our Lord comes. Uh, will we be dying, or will we be retu- uh, judged in our present state? Um, quite sure that we we will be dying, because in order to be judged, for, especially for the particular judgment, we must encounter death. And boy, I don't want to be next to you when the end of the world comes, George, because <laughs> then we might be our neighbors for all eternity. So, oh no! Yeah. So. Oh jeez. Yep. So at least so, have yes. access to the last rites. Yes, there you that's go. That's right. Thing. And the words of absolution. And an exorcism on top. There's there you always, go. Always do, you, do you need all that help, George? Okay. <laughs> you get the full package of Father Rizzo. Yeah, that's you get right. An exorcism exactly. At the end. So yes, so I think that's absolutely beautifully well summarized. I mean, in ten it minutes. It is. It is. Ten okay, minutes. in ten minutes. That's right. That's but we're talking record, about. Yeah. But we're talking at a beautiful history of salvation here. When you peruse the Old Testament, here we are now in a season of Lent. It's a beautiful time to really, quote-unquote, think of our last end because we're concentrating on the death of Christ and why he died because of the sins of mankind. And it's a beautiful time of the year to recollect our thoughts, that recollection, so to speak, to concentrate on our own, quote-unquote, passion and death, or however means, whatever means God will give us in order to encounter death. Yes. So it's a beautiful season of really concentrating on what we can call the four hard truths, Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Yes. Okay, so those four last truths are indeed common topics to think of in the 40 days of Lent. Excellent, because I mean, really, where sometimes there's over an overemphasis on social justice and all these other side things in the church, we often forget about 
the real center why we're Catholic. Mm -hmm. You know, really, if we don't talk about heaven, hell, the last judgment, why am I, why would I come to church? That's not true. I mean, that's what a lot of people who have left the faith, I conversate with them on a day-to-day -day level, say that, you know, well, oh, we can all just get to heaven. What's the point of being Catholic? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, many people think like that or yeah. they say, I'm a good I don't person. Blame them. I'm good to my neighbor. I don't blame them. You know, if 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 we can all just get to heaven through any way, just do. Why would I come to church? Mm -hmm. I mean, really. But obviously, I mean, you and I know that that's not the case. Yes. Because gosh, even in a in a recent gospel, or certainly a good meditation for Lent is the idea of our Lord talking about the two great commandments: yes. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. And the second commandment is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So we have to see here, we can't topsy-turvy. So my first, my priority, my first focus is God. Yes. And everything that directs me to the love of God and what, what I must do to be united and stay with him. My neighbor is second. When we stop to think of it, not to sound slack here, I don't care about my neighbor. I'm first in love with God, and then I'll be in love with my neighbor. Exactly. So, so that natural. So that it's natural not the idea of how you know modern day man they define sin in terms of how we offend mankind. Exactly. You know, we define sin in terms of how we offend God. Yes. Okay. I so, mean, that's a powerful way to see it because if we're worshiping mankind, we're worshiping ourselves, we're worshiping our neighbor, then that's the only sin. But if we worship God. Yes, that's that comes right. first. That's right, that's absolutely. And when we consider how we truly love our neighbor, we can consider means of correcting our neighbor and putting our neighbor on the right track. You know, we have what's called the seven corporal works of mercy, like yes. feeding the poor and clothing those without and, and giving shelter and so forth. But what about the seven spiritual works of mercy, which include instructing the ignorant, admonishing the sinner, uh, praying for the living and the dead, all these different means whereby wow. the spiritual works of mercy are saying, I'm going to look after your soul first, first, and then look after your body. So let's say Mother Teresa was, was obviously concerned for people. Everyone was, she was labeled as a social justice warrior, but really the first priority that she, oh, and that look she at held was how many souls she would have certainly drawn onto her yeah. because of her works of charity. Because the, the soul know, comes first before the body. Yes, yep. And hopefully, God willing, for those who follow Christ, in terms of Christianity, we want that virtue of charity to shine forth. We want to draw souls to Christ. Yes. And if we can be that means or some sort of an instrument, then God be praised. Okay. And that Excellent. way, too, that we can bring about the salvation okay. of souls. Excellent. So let's, uh, let's get back to the topic of the second coming. Now, a lot of people... Everyone wants to know about the second coming. You know, the the you have Protestants with the rapture theory that yes. you know it will all be swept up or all disappear and it will just mm -hmm. be clothes left. You know, will just right. pop you know, disappear. Yeah, we, how's it going to happen? What are the events leading the up? The twenty fifth chapter of Saint Matthew's Gospel really does say it all, so to speak, in terms of how on the last day our Lord will come amidst the clouds. He will separate. The, the good from the wicked, yep. you know, to the wicked, get, get you to my left, and to the righteous, get to my right, yes. so to speak. Now, obviously, by way of a parable or by way of analogy or metaphorically speaking, um, you know, we fully understand our Lord's approach when we consider it like that. Mm -hmm. yes. So if we can really meditate on that, because then what does our Lord say? He goes through the corporal works of mercy, 
Come, you blessed, and possess my kingdom since the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry, you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. Yes.、Um, and then to the left, he'll say, "And、uh, I was hungry, and you did not give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink." In terms of the works of charity, that's that's what our Lord is getting across there. So good deeds, but remember too, George. Faith united to good deeds, and again, faith, it's not、yeah. just the idea. Just if good I'm deeds, good to my you know. neighbor, I'm going to get to heaven. No, that's not guaranteed.、Yeah. Again, God first. If I practice my faith, and my faith motivates me to the good deeds, and that good deed there and then to that good neighbor could be an opportunity for them to open up to the charity that they receive from correct. you. Correct. Correct. And they、yep. can see you were motivated by your faith. Yes, that's which right. Which would draw them. There's that evangelical.、Mm-hmm. Yep, that's、uh, right. Aspiration. That's right. It's、and、not just, oh, hey, I'm another NGO. Basically,、right. you know, just、that's、doing、right. a good deed. You know, no, that's you, right. You don't talk about God. You don't talk about、yeah. you know them coming back to Christ.、Mm-hmm. Like, imagine feeding a homeless person and they see that hope. As First Peter three fifteen says, sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. Now, or apologia, or or explanation of the hope that lies within you, and you feed that poor person. They get, and really they. They get that sense of look. You're doing a lot of charity. What's motivated? What's moved you? What's that hope that's, that's right. in you? That's it's right. It's Jesus Christ, and they come back to the faith. Right, and、so、I you're know feeding their soul first. And I know people who feed the homeless, and in doing so, will give them like a holy card of Our Lady. Exactly. I'll give them a, a, a little crucifix or something, or rosary beads. It is the idea of a, you know, and obviously for those in a homeless situation, one might consider too the idea of their ability of. Of being literate and so forth, so one would deliver the message according to their level of understanding、exactly. and comprehension. And again, that's showing the light of Christ, the light of charity to somebody in need, and that、uh, works onto their salvation as well as the the one giving the good deed. So the recipient and the giver both benefiting. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't just go out feed people, and we never talk about God. We 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 fuse the two because I think to,、mm-hmm. in today's world we often what I see at least in my experience often in the day to day life you know of people you know in in you know of you know the Christian community、uh, is that you know often we feed people we don't talk about Jesus but I think merging the two let's let's get、right. back on track let's bring an feeding the mind as well that's right correct feeding the mind exactly、mm-hmm. so I mean people throughout human history have always looked at the apocalyptic events. What should our attitude be towards well, apocalyptic?、Uh, okay, you, you have know, to. Everyone wants to predict. You know, this is、yeah. the end of the world. You, you go、yeah. on YouTube, you find so many videos. I know that's right. <laughs> videos that are twenty years old saying that the world is going to end twenty years ago. Everyone's、okay. trying to predict something, and、yes. even in the middle, it's not a new thing. Humanity doesn't change. Oh no, you, you know, can think of the idea of what's called millennialism. That in the year one thousand, people thought that the、yes. world was going to end. Yep. Okay. So no, what we try to get across, God willing, is the idea that do not fear God, do not fear the end of the world, fear sin. And Saint Ambrose says, "Don't fear death. Death unites us to Christ. The only thing we should fear is sin, because it is only sin that can separate us from Christ. If we're leading a good life, we're not a good holy life. We will not、we're、fear the end of the world. We're too busy to notice. Yeah, you know, the end yeah, of the we、world. won't fear the end of the world." Because in fact, one day we want to embrace the end of the world. Exactly. Because those followers of Christ will say, "I've had enough of this world." Yeah. You know, and、uh, the idea, gee, Lord, do you want to shorten the, the time we have left here, be, so that we'll shorten all the blasphemies and the mistreatments that you receive from such a fallen human race? 
Yeah. You know, that's how saintly people sort of look at it. When, Lord, when? You know. Exactly. So, and of course, those who have no understanding of faith uh, won't grasp that. Yes. And yeah. it's very important, I think, to see that we, we are in the end in the end days, you know, after Christ resurrected, he will return back to earth. So are we, should we perceive it as the end of time? We are in the end of time. It's, it's you know, again, but the end of time in the eyes of God can be another thousand years. Thousand it can years be any period of time. And even then, a day uh, is like I a don't even years. want to think of it like that. I, I think if we look at it in terms of the worst evil that could ever befall me, is if I lose the life of grace on my soul. Exactly. Okay? So it's really like yeah. You, we don't want Christ to come as soon as possible because there's a lot of penance for us to do. There's a lot of holiness. There's a lot of, we have a lot to do mm -hmm. in our lifetime now in growing in holiness, receiving grace, so that we're more and more prepared when our Lord comes. Correct. If that's He right. comes within our lifetime. Yes. So that's how we should be seeing it, that, that mm -hmm. kind of an attitude. I remember I was once... Sitting in traffic in London, listening to talk radio. Where you were first posted, right? Yeah, where I was first yes, posted. When you were with the Society of St. Pius X. Right. And so I'm sitting in traffic and um, listening to talk radio. And the theme uh, on this uh, was the high cost of dying. So people calling in to complain about funeral costs, how expensive <laughs> it is to die in the UK. <laughs> so this is 35 years ago. So I'm listening and this one man called in an Irishman, and all he said was, look, when I die, they can throw me in, in a paper bag and then throw me in a hole as long as I die in a state of grace. That's what this one man said. He called in, and the talk show host had no idea. Oh, well, thank you, sir. He had no idea. <laughs> but how true. You know what? They can just throw me in a paper sack and throw me in a hole as long as I die in a state of grace. That's what this man called in and said. There's the wisest thing that was ever said yeah. during, the, during that time, during that uh, radio show. So as long as I die in a state of grace, we don't fear the end of the world. We, we must not fear the end of the world. That indicates a lack of faith. Exactly. Rather, we should be centered. We shouldn't even, I mean, it's something to look forward to, but... We shouldn't be centered on. So, Father, can you give us three practical tips now? How we can incorporate in our spiritual life that consciousness of the end of time, holistically. Um, okay. In terms of, yes, I, I think the first tool is to always adopt the nightly practice of a quick examination of conscience, examine your, your soul through the Ten Commandments and your daily duties, then make an act of contrition. Yes. And that will conclude your night prayers. Mm -hmm. So the idea of fidelity to that practice that all the saints would do, that at the end of the day, before they retired for the evening, they examined their conscience and made an act of contrition. Yep. So I, I would take that as a tool. It's just the idea of, again, of the nightly examine. Okay. So, so again, and, and to do that every night. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be long or tedious. Just briefly, you go through the course of the day. You say, now, Lord, how did I offend you today? Briefly going through the Ten Commandments. Yes. And then exciting sorrow in your heart, making that act of contrition. And then that's it. So, yes. so that would be the first tool. Okay. I, I believe the second tool would be the practice of praying regularly for the holy souls in purgatory. Yes, that would so, be something. Yeah. So I think well, that, that... we often forget, the yeah, forgotten souls. Yeah, the souls in purgatory. Even I adopt the practice that when I... Pass a cemetery, I I always 
say a prayer like an eternal rescue unto them, O Lord. And, and being a priest, I bless the cemetery entrance as I go past the cemetery, the cemetery gates. Um, I remember when I was living in California, I used to have that practice. I would see this cemetery and I would make the sign of the cross. And one day I had a passenger in my car. Father, what did you do? I said, oh, I just blessed that cemetery. I do that every time I passed here. Father, what does the sign say? And I looked and I thought all these, the time I was passing, I thought it said um, a vet cemetery, like for war veterans. Yeah. It actually said pet cemetery. <laughs> so there I am. So the passenger looked at me in my car and said, Father, you've been praying for deceased pets all this time. So, but nonetheless, okay, so wherever the human oh, wow. cemeteries Classic. are. Classic so, so, yeah. So, so adopt that practice of making a sign of the cross in a real physical way and praying for the holy souls in purgatory. That's lovely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. So, and then in terms of the third tool, what would Number you three. advise as the third tool? Third we've tool, been talking I would about say, this? is memento mori. Yeah, well, okay, to, moment, to remember death, to, to meditate on death. I would do that in death. the morning. Yep, okay, understood. I would do that in, yep. in the morning, yep. I would say. Some people do that in the evening just by the timing of closing out the day. I think in the morning yep. in the evening is a good idea. So let's say when you're about to open the day, your morning offering, remember that, you know, this could be your last day. Mm -hmm. Remember the hour of death. Just bring that thought once yes, a day into right. your mind so you don't forget. And then when you sleep, always remember that, you know, this is the day's boundaries, yes. you know, before yep. you sleep. You know, the missionaries of charity, they have a beautiful sign in their sacristy when the priest is resting for Mass. I might have mentioned this before in a previous show. Oh, priest of God, offer this Mass as if it is your first Mass, as if it is your last Mass, as if it is your only Mass. Mm -hmm. And those are good thoughts to sort of define a terminus, an end, mm -hmm. so to speak. So... Uh, to me, the third tool along those lines of memento mori would be the idea of saying to oneself, um, where are my boundaries? Mm -hmm. How do I define my boundaries in terms of making sure that I stay firmly established in virtue and don't go over the boundary and fall into sin? So yeah. the idea there in, in, a, in a moral way to really make sure to that tool would be the idea of really loving the value of not just our faith, but our morals as well. Yes. So when we talk about faith and good works, we can also interchangeably say faith and morals. Faith and morals, Because yeah. our Catholic Church is, is composed of the teachings of both faith and morals. The yeah. Ten Commandments is really a summary of faith and morals. The first three commandments are really concerned the virtue of faith, yeah. how we treat God. Okay, no false gods. Do not, mis, do not misuse His holy name. Go to church on Sunday. Those are the first three, and those are acts of faith. From there, we go to good deeds or morality, how we treat our parents, the fourth commandment. Fifth, how we respect life, yes. life from the moment of conception until death. Sixth, the virtue of purity, relationships, marriage, okay? No sinning before marriage, the idea of no contraception. All these different moral truths that are embodied in those remaining seven commandments. Thou shalt not steal, that sense of justice that we have towards our neighbor and respecting that person's property. Yes. Eighth commandment, respecting that person's reputation, no, you know, not to be a false witness. Tenth commandment, not coveting our neighbor's goods. So the idea of how we see there, again, a sense of order in society. So the Ten Commandments is truly a summary of faith and morals. 
Excellent. So now we'll take a break before we open the line to call in here with your questions or comments. And the number to call in here, the magic number is 9625 That is 9625 Or you can email us here at at gmail.com. Or more easily, you can actually comment any of the Facebook Live feeds that we currently have going on. So jump on Facebook, comment your question, and Father Rizzo, the exorcist in the house, will answer it for you. Chulas, so, what's this magic number you're talking about? Do you believe in magic? <laughs> there you go, I was corrected. Is this the Inquisition, Father? That's right, absolutely. <laughs> corrected by Father Rizzo. All right, so stay tuned here on Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and father, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world today. And we're just continuing our tremendous discussion about the second coming. Yes. <laughs> All right. So for those who want to call in here, you can call in through 9625 That is 9625 Or you can email us at at gmail.com or comment in Facebook Live. We're here live on Facebook as well. So Father Rizzo will take your comments or questions. I know we're getting a few comments here, but you know, people really um glad to see you back. <laughs> oh, great. It's, been, it's great to be back. But I'm looking at this beautiful image that we see behind <laughs> us. 
the idea, I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Look, when we say the Apostles' Creed, yes. there's a summary of our faith. And at the, the end of our lives, we want to make sure we have that belief, the resurrection of the body. That's really the main component, so to speak, when we think of the second coming. Exactly. So will it look like that, Father? Um, we can only see this through the eyes of imagery here below. But motivated by faith, we will see something even more beautiful than that because heaven consists in what is called the beatific vision, which is really seeing God face to face. Exactly. That's why, again, St. Paul our eyes have not seen yet the beauty that is meant to be there for us. Uh, but we will return to our so we'll return to our bodies, and the new heaven and the the new earth will be created. In terms of so yes, in a sense, in, we'll be physically there. In terms, yes, our bodies will be in a glorified state. Glorified state. Yes, on the last day for those who embrace heavenly joy. And uh, will there be any more sin? Oh no, of course not. No, because so by then be like the Adam judgment is already passed. Yes, uh, mankind is the human race has gone. Yes. So that new earth is really the joys of heaven yes. for the followers of Christ. So, so yes, so then the world as we understand it and know, know it now will be no more. Okay, excellent. So that, that really hits the nail on the, on the head. Yes. So I think we've really packed in the teaching of the church of the second coming. Now, let's talk about the rapture quickly. Uh, Protestants believe that, you know, there will be a time of tribulation that comes before you know, yes. based on the book of Revelations. Can we debunk that? Uh, we can debunk that just in terms of it's not like a, a picking and choosing and that some, you know, like, you know, pr practically or physically grabbed, so to speak, right in the midst of other people around, so to speak. I think I've watched several YouTube videos where they show, you know, Jesus is coming back and then everyone just boop, yeah. disappears. All yeah. that's left is clothes. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> just it. Yeah, so... So no, we, we have to understand. People that are driving in their cars and then boop, they disappear yeah, and the car right, just exactly. crashes. You know. Yeah, that's it's right. Amusing. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It might improve their driving too. But um, <laughs> no, we, we see it as, again, as our Lord describes to us in the, in the last chapter of St. Matthew's yes. Gospel. He will come to us. It's not like we're going to him on the universal day, on the, on the last judgment. Yes. He comes to us. Okay. As he says, the, the angels announcing by way of trumpet, so to speak, the coming of Christ, the Redeemer. And will there again. be a time of, uh, will there be a time beforehand, will there be wars, or is there anything leading up to when our Lord will come back? Um, he talks about there, wars. There are those, the idea, that, yeah, like earthquakes and so forth, and one nation waging war against another nation. Um, and perhaps when we stop to think of the timing with that, uh, George, we see things like that taking place because of the consequences of sin. Yes. Okay? So, like when man rebels against God, the forces of nature will rebel against man. Yes. And, and when we consider war, it is a punishment for sin. Okay? So, we, we see this through the perspective of, again, our, our accountability and that we as followers of Christ, we won't blame God for whatever comes our way. You know? So that whatever one disaster upon another, uh, nations being uh, vanquished and wiped off the face of the earth, um, one might consider to the idea of Fatima and the messages of Fatima. Yes. So, but the primary message of Fatima is what? Prayer and reparation, praying and doing penance. And look, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, for 2,000 years, we've been going through wars, you know, war after war after war everywhere in, in the world. And every generation says, oh, well, when is Jesus going to come back? You know, this is the end of time. Every generation sort of sees its time as the end of time. 
Um, and we have a question here from Danny through Facebook Live on the Catholic Toolbox. And Danny asks, can you please explain again why is there a final judgment if we are already judged as soon as we die? Thank you very much, Danny, for your question. Sure. Um, Danny, um, it is a very good we question. We have to be judged twice? Or yes, we, we must be one, judged twice. Two. That's right. It's not because God made a mistake the first time around, <laughs> but the particular judgment whereby, again, uh, we are judged just one-on-one, -on -one, but for God's justice to be truly understood and known, it must be shown to everybody else. So that's why the last day is called the universal judgment or the last judgment. And so it's called... A number of titles but it all means the same thing so for God's justice to be fully understood it must be known just like for example on a lower level and if I can use a comparison here if there's a, a well-known criminals like Bonnie and Clyde you know did a lot of robbing in the Midwest of the United States in the 1930s bank robberies train robberies whatever and and some casualties in the midst of it well if they got caught in the papers didn't publish the fact that they got caught and punished, then people would wonder, well, gee, what happened to them? But the fact that they got caught and punished for the entire country to fully understand, oh, good, yes. they got their comeuppance. It's a sense of understanding and a part of what justice is all about. So for us to fully understand the justice of God, it must be known, it must be publicized. And would we not know that in heaven? Well, we we'll, die before the, of course, we'll you know, know in heaven, but in terms of everybody else, or the idea of, of who's in heaven and who's not, um, the idea of the particular judgment, the soul is judged. On the last day, the universal judgment, the body joins the soul in union with that judgment. In union with the original in. judgment. Correct. So really, the second, the general judgment is really us in whatever state we're going to be judged in returning back to our bodies. So it's the, the spiritual reconciling with the physical. Yes. So if, if you're already in heaven, you go back to the new heaven, you're already saved, but you just scoop up your body back and then... If you want to word it that way, I suppose. Really? That's a good way so of putting it. So it's centered on the, soul... the, the, the body, return, redeeming well, yeah, uh, the nature. The last day, okay, so, so for the last day, the body will join the soul in terms of how the soul was judged. That is correct. But primarily, too, we must consider the idea that everybody else will know. Okay, So it's like God giving the ability of us being a sticky beak to know if my neighbor who always <laughs> ran his lawnmower at 5 o'clock in the morning, whether or not he made it to heaven. You know? so, um, so, yeah, so the idea is that you must understand God's justice to be known, it must be public. Yes, and I think it's very, it's very important. Let's see if we... Um, so, for those who want to call in here, the number is 96256111, that is 96256111, or you can email us with your questions or comments. Uh, we have a live open line here. So, Father, look at, we're getting a few comments about about how sin seems to, to really separate us from God, and will there be, will there be any uh, last chances at reconciliation? At there's the always, the, as, as long as we have, specifically. Uh, uh, the last judgment, um, in terms of people who will still be alive to see what's taking place before their eyes in a very apocalyptic way, one would think, as we read in Scripture, that those who are alive, who had led sinful lives, would say, oh, all you mountains, cover us, protect us from this, from this God. You know, protect us, hide us from the vengeance of God. So those who led sinful lives in terms of the last day 
what will their reaction be? Whereas those leading good lives or repentant lives will be on their knees expressing their sorrow and waiting for that final judgment to come. So, so for those, again, theologians do teach that at the end of time, there'll still be people on earth who will give witness to what is taking place. And we have a comment here from um, Hannah has said, I used to dream about Jesus coming the last. So uh, he used to have several dreams uh, that Jesus would come and it won't be long. And that was 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. I like those slow dreams. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, no, the idea is, again... Well, we, what are your thoughts on dreams as well? Dreams are spiritual. Uh, fact, they can Joseph, be. They can be Joseph. spiritual. They can be. Um, but, you know, when it comes to dreams, we have to remind ourselves that the mind isn't fully functioning in the middle of the night as it is in the middle of the day. Yes, so the and dreams could be yeah, the idea of something that happened to them in the course of the day that was either pleasurable or traumatic. And a dream or a thought process can arise from that that can either cause joy for the individual if it was a good event that day or cause some sort of trauma or disease, you know, an uneasiness so to speak. So it depends. But, so, but basically, one is not called upon to put one's stock in dreams, if I can word it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Father, it's very interesting now. Let's swoop in now on predicting when Jesus will come. Is, it, is, it, is there, obviously, we know it's getting closer and closer. Okay. That's a fact. What do the apostles, George, what do the apostles say? The apostles asked our Lord, when are the latter days? And what did our Lord say? It's not for me to know. It's not for you to know. It's for, for, for my Father in heaven to know. But so, it's interesting where our Lord on the other side of the spectrum says, you know, watch clearly. You'll hear rumors true. of wars. So to be vigilant, though. Okay, the idea is prayer and vigilance, it's not for us, isn't it? No, we don't know. You know, what did our Lord say to the sleeping apostles in the Garden of Olives? Pray and, you know, watch and pray. Watch and you know? pray. And, but that's the idea of every day. That's our wisdom every day. So that, and again, the idea, if I can close out my night making an act of contrition, God willing, a perfect act of contrition, and if I should die during that night, I would have had on my lips and my heart sorrow for sin. Yeah. And that would have aided me tremendously in terms of the graces of a holy death. Yes. You know, and then you say to yourself, um, for those, you know, who really are watching and praying, well, Lord, if I would die, if I were to die tonight, um, when was the last time I received you in Holy Communion? Yes. You know, and I've been by the, by the deathbed of many people in my 35 yes. years you as a priest. spend a fair bit of time in the hospital. You're yeah. on call all the time. Yeah. So and when I go and I know the person is seriously ill or near death, I always will go through and encourage them to make a good confession. Father, what do I say? Then we go through the Ten Commandments. And I'll take out my little uh, rosary crucifix and say, now let's have sorrow for sin, let's make an act of contrition. So I try to encourage the individual to do that. Exactly. Now we have a question from Mary, who's emailed us through. Thank you very much for your question, Mary. Uh, and she asks, Father John, we have heard that it is only God's grace, through God's grace, that we can enter God's kingdom. Is there any point of being a good person, being honest, being true, if everything that we do may not be given any weight after all, because God is so merciful? Are we being good in vain? Never, because the more good we are, the more holy we are, um, that much the more can our state of glory be elevated in heaven. We're, Mary, we're meant to strive for those graces that we need because 
all these good deeds that we do are not of our own merit. It's because of the precious blood of our Lord. Um, so Mary, in terms of your question, the idea is I want to be good because I know that our Lord will reward me for my goodness. It's not the idea of saying, oh, well, God is so merciful, he'll give me this anyhow. No, St. Augustine words it wisely. He said, God created us without us, but he will not save us without us. Yes, exactly. It takes our cooperation. That's a perfect way to put it. St. Paul reminds us too, all things work together unto good for those who love Christ. Okay? Exactly. So it's work sort of together. Like, that's very Protestant in thinking that, you know, it's by God's grace, mm-hmm. right? But we can't do anything. You know, no, of course it's by God's grace. Otherwise, because we all deserve hell. Because sin is an infinite offense. St. Augustine says, were it not for the grace of God, we'd be capable of the worst crimes. And I'm not saying that Mary here is, is a Protestant. <laughs> She's asking a very legitimate question. So, so we're just seeing that and hopefully I'm explaining it for Exactly. So understand. it's God's grace. And then it's through God's grace that we're able to, we have to cooperate with God's Correct. grace. Correct. It's a cooperation. We have to cooperate, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you very much, Mary. Uh, excellent question. Um, we also have a question through Facebook, live from Danny. Uh, nowadays, many many things uh, many things seem uh, shooting for purgatory, and they're not too careful anymore because there is purgatory anyway. What would you say on this? So I think there's that. I've heard this many times. That's actually, right. You know, people say as long as I make it into purgatory by the skin of my uh, teeth, I'll be okay. <laughs> just okay, now for right one thing, the for one thing, there, George. Our teeth, they don't have skin, they have enamel. Enamel. <laughs> so there you go. So right away we have to debunk that. But the idea is, as we have that invitation in the scriptures, friend, come higher. When you come to the banquet, take the lower place. But then, so that you can be invited to come higher. Yes. Well, that's the same with the idea, I want to strive for perfection. Because, gosh, when we read things on purgatory, George, the church fathers teach us that the fires of purgatory are the exact same as the fires in hell in terms of intensity. Yes. In terms of intensity, not in terms of duration. But can you imagine the fires of hell engulfing souls in purgatory? Again, temporarily. But even then, one slight flame for two seconds coming from the depths of hell, how painful must that be? Okay? So we have to look at purgatory. That's always logically thought that if you're going to undergo purification... Okay, well, what's the difference between the fires of hell, which are there? To, obviously, they're not there for purification. They're not pur- The fires no. of hell don't have the grace of God. No, they have the justice of God. The justice of God, where there's the fires of purgatory, would have be the same pain, but mm-hmm. a different purpose. Same, same pain in terms of intensity. Yes. Not in terms of duration or length. Okay? And again, entirely, the souls in purgatory like have penance. consolation. Yeah. And the souls in hell have despair. Exactly. Okay. All for the, all eternity, the souls in hell despair. But the souls in purgatory, they have that one consolation. One day I will see God. And we can shorten their stay in purgatory by our own prayers. By and our masses. prayers, offering masses for them. So, I mean, definitely yes. do not forget the souls in purgatory. Yeah. So, But let's, let's also forget the idea of just making it into purgatory. No, the invitation, friend, come higher. Well, the thing is, this is why I say you aim for 100%, you'll get 80%. Aim for 50, you'll get 30. So, I mean, if you aim to pass, we may not make it. Okay. Well, that's just it. If you want to look at it like that, too. That's how I uh, see it. I want to strive for that perfection. Yeah, you go to an I exam, you strive I do not for want 100%. To settle for, yeah, that's right. You don't go in there, I'm going to get half of them wrong. You may, mm-hmm. okay, you may get half of them wrong on purpose because you're lazy, and the other half you think you're going to get right, but half of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you got three quarters wrong. Yep. 
So that's how I see. You aim for a hundred percent. You aim for a hundred percent. You don't think about you're going to get eighty yes. percent. You might end up at 80, 90 percent, and that's mm -hmm. good. You pass, yes. and you got a high mark. Mm -hmm. You aim for fifty, you're going to yes, aim for right. So, so that's how. So it that's is. just it. Yeah. So we don't want to have that idea. You should never be as thinking. As long yeah. as I make it into purgatory by the skin of my teeth, I'll be okay. So no, we don't want to think like that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, see, the funny thing is, you look at people in society today. I don't know if it's condition, social conditioning or anything. We take our gym seriously. We take our schooling seriously. Where we aim for a hundred percent. There's such we're striving to do the best in every aspect of our lives. Our gymming seriously. We want to get fit. You know, we, you know. There's no excuses. We'll fast, intermittent fasting, keto diet, whatever. And people are so strict and stringent and in every aspect, social life. Um, but when it comes to spiritual life, there's such a double standard. You know, they don't treat it the way they treat their gym. Mm -hmm. You know, where well, we, we've got to be perfect. Get back mm -hmm. to confession, regular mm -hmm. confession, purify yourself, do more penance, you know, but we do the, but we do the same equivalent thing in our workplaces. You know, well, I've got to be perfect. Again, we read in scripture the, the children of this generation are wiser than the children of light. So you're right. They'll put up a regime for fitness and education, understood, but and we all, won't those question things, at all, all those yes. things will pass. When we die, so then we have to say to ourselves, "Well, how strict was I with my regime for the things of heaven?" And when you even look at the word "regime," it means kingly. You get the word "rex regis" out of regime. Regis. So the idea is that you're day. you're performing a a royal duty, a kingly duty here, in terms of Christ the King. So the idea of that regime, that rule of life, that we want to encourage us to make it to heaven. That's excellent. That, that's an amazing way to actually put it. I think, um, I mean, the whole regime, the whole regime thing, I think sometimes gets a bad rap because of the wording, Father. Mm -hmm. No, the word regime can indicate discipline. And the idea, as you said, for those that want to be healthy and fit, great. But now we have to apply that same regime to the good of the soul. Healthy but I fit. think the reason we don't do the same thing with the fit, let's say gym, everyone wants to, when people want to get fit, they want to get fit, they want to stay healthy, they want to stay fit in good mm -hmm. shape, and they're obsessed with it. It's mm -hmm. like we're worshipping, you know, the physical. Mm -hmm. Why can't we do the same with our spiritual life? Well, that's just it. Yeah, again, the children I think most people aren't aware there is a spiritual life. That's the problem. Or it's because it's metaphysical, it's easier for us to dismiss it. Well, no, I mean, for those who follow our Lord, they would have an understanding that there's yes. a spiritual life. Because the word spiritual, you know, spiritual, so looking at the good of the soul. Mm -hmm. So their spiritual life centers on a life that benefits the soul. Okay, now quickly I'm going to go into something which I've heard a lot on the social medias, the blogs, everything, Facebook. Everyone talks about it. Um, several people on YouTube, you know, prominent uh, people on YouTube are speaking about it. Apostasy, they talk about second coming will be when there is an antichrist and it comes from within the church and stuff like that. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, again, and one has to fully understand the idea that when it comes to the end times, no matter what happens, that if we're fully faithful to Christ, he'll always be faithful to us. So the idea of the antichrist, and you hear of this, and of course, uh, you're putting a lot of this in terms of the last book of the Bible, Revelation yes, or the Apocalypse. Yeah. And that is very extremely difficult to try to interpret. Most scripture like, scholars people will saying, stay yeah, away Pope from Francis it. Francis is the last Pope and, you know, right. and, and again, Antichrist is coming. But that coming, feeds you know, the mentality of a fatalistic approach to the end of time. Okay, And 
we can't look at it like that. And we people then extrapolate it. from, you know, um, a lady at Fatima speaking about oh, great apostasy within the church and then mm -hmm. and then extrapolating right. that with okay. the end of time. Could, could there be some connection, you know, the, that there is, you know, there is mass apostasy among the faithful today. Oh, there is. There's could this, is. from within, let's say, it's not as society, you know, society through all generations has been uh, against the faith and has been evil, but now we see a mass apostasy of the faithful. Could this be an indication of the end time? It Possibly. could be true, but again, if we're looking for signs and wonders, mm. we have to stop. We, have to we stop. just have to look at the idea of, I'm going to continue day after day, no matter what being happens. faithful to what I must be faithful to. No matter to. what happens. St. Dominic Savio had a similar conversation with his classmates, and here's the wisdom of a 12-year-old, holy young man, because the topic came up, the question among these young boys, what will you do if the, if the end of the world came at 2 o'clock today? And one boy said, oh, I'd run to the church. Another boy said, I'd run to confession. A third boy said, I'd run and find a priest. And Dominic, so the, Dominic was listening. So they asked Dominic, what would you do if you knew the world was going to end at 2 o'clock? He said, I'm in math class at 2 o'clock. I'd be attending math. Okay? <laughs> the idea is he's being faithful to his daily duties. Exactly. So the same here. Sanctification yeah. of work. Which so, so, Maria so that we can't get into the intrigue of things. Because let's face it, uh, you know, you, you go to the internet with these different theories of the end times or conspiracy theories and all that, um, it, it puts you in a tailspin. Yeah. Whereas if we're truly focused and understand the teachings of the church, I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Exactly. George, that's all we need. That's all we because need. today's society will easily throw an imbalance. And let's face it too, the devil loves confusion. Because okay. really, if, we, if we're one with the Lord and we're living a spiritual life, whether he comes, whether he appears to us now or, or, or the end times comes now, it's just continuing our spiritual life anyway. That's it. That's the thing. Yep. There has to be. Why is there it's such two a gap? Two o'clock math class, as Dominic Savio said. Sanctification okay? of So it's just the idea of being faithful to my daily duties. It's, it's like life. consistency, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, why are we shocked? We shouldn't be shocked. Mm -hmm. We should be living our spiritual life. If our Lord comes, hey, right, just continue our conversation. If we're in adoration, that's right. Hey, our Lord's here, adoration that's right. again. You yeah, know, right. um, math class, mm -hmm. continue with math class, sanctify your work. Yep. So I think that's the best way to see it. Focus on getting to heaven, the spiritual life. But let's recap the three practical tools. So, number one that okay. you said uh, would be the nightly, examine the of nightly conscience examination of conscience. To, to always conclude with the idea of that act of contrition and sorrow for sin. After a brief examine through the Ten Commandments. Secondly, uh, a regular, if not daily, devotion to the holy souls in purgatory. Yes. Even the physical practice of passing a human cemetery, not the pet cemeteries. And um, saying eternal rest and unto them, O Lord. You know, if the holy souls are our companions in life, they will be our companions in death. Because they are in a constant state of intercession. They can't pray for themselves, they can pray for us. And then thirdly, as you said, memento mori. Okay, remember our last end and we will not sin. So if we consider that, that it motivates morning, us evening. to the practice of virtue. Yes. So morning, evening, we sort of yeah. bring it to thought, you know, mm -hmm. before you go to work. Yeah. You know. And we're not morbid about it. The word morbid means to be always cloaked with the thoughts of death. No, we're not morbid. We're realist. We're realistic. Mm -hmm. You know. So those are the three tools that I would recommend out of your shiny toolbox. The shiny toolbox. Yep, exactly. <laughs> if first time somebody's called it a shiny toolbox. Well, we're expecting yeah. a lot of rain, so it might get a little rusty, but we'll see. <laughs> okay.
<laughs> oh, geez. We have to get rid of the rust, though. Father. <laughs> we have right. to get rid of the rust. So okay. thank you very much, Father, for recouping us through the three practical tools. Thank you. By all means, amazing. George. No, by all means. And for those who haven't got a copy of my book, The Art of Practical Catholicism, you can go to Perusia Media or get it in Catholic stores or through Amazon, uh, eBay, and uh, just simply type it in on Google. Get a copy of my book where I take you through 40 different topics of the Catholic faith and provide you with three practical tools so we can get you started as a guide to take action with your faith in the real world. So, the art of practical Catholicism. Hope, hope you can get a copy. So, thank you for equipping us with three practical tools, Father, um, and I'm sure we can take action with it now. It's not yes. very hard to start. Right. Before you go to sleep tonight, I'm, I know I'm going to do it. Remember death. Do an examination of conscience. Start up tomorrow. Remember, yeah, you know that you'll die. Memento mori and mm -hmm. um, pray for souls in purgatory. I yes, mean, it's not hard. Re remember them, you know, consciously through the day. Yes. So, uh, if you leave us with a blessing, Father. Of course, may the peace and blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. So, be sure to subscribe and download to the Catholic Toolbox podcast to re-listen to any of our episodes available on the Apple iTunes, Android, and any other platform where you get your podcasts. So thank you for tuning in to the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manassa. Until next week, God bless, take care, and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity.